Welcome back to the Dime Gaming Bros podcast. I am your co-host, Spencer. I am joined by Jacob. Hello. Uh, he has uh, some some throat issues going on, so he may be a little bit on the quiet side, so apologies in advance for that. But I like how you kept it nonspecific, just throat problems. He currently has a very large glizzy in his throat. This month, we decided to team up and have a, an epic uh, class combo and both do the same two games. Uh, so starting off... Spencer just learned the term class combo <laughs> literally right before we hit record. Yes. Because I was talking about a super cool video game. Yes. Uh, so starting off, we have Portal. Uh, it was a 2007 puzzle platform game developed and published by Valve. It was originally released in the uh, Orange Box bundle for Windows uh, Xbox 360 and PS3, uh, and has then been ported to other systems, including Mac, Linux, Android, Switch, and uh, it has also been re-released separately, slightly remastered for the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3, called Portal Still Alive. That's the version I played. And apparently, according to Jacob, uh, there is a recently updated... F- not recently. That's not even that recent? It, no. I'm just no, no, that no. out of date. Yes. Okay, so there's also a, a an updated PC version that runs at, what, you said 4K60? Oh, the RTX version. Oh, okay, I, okay, that's what I thought you were talking about the radio thing. I was like, no, that's, no, 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 that's no. way old. No. Yeah, uh, the RTX version just came out like two weeks ago, I think. And it has ray tracing and neon lights and hot lots of gamer Code words. Nice. Uh, So it primarily consists of a series of puzzles uh, that must be solved by using a teleportation device called the Aperture Science Handheld Portal Gun, uh, which is, you just call it Portal Gun. Um, The protagonist, her name is Shell. She wakes up from a (laughs) stasis sort of thing, uh, and then it's a series of 20 or so puzzle rooms. Um... And you just they just progressively get harder. You use the portal gun, shoots two portals. There's a blue one and an orange one, and you can go in and out of either one of them. Incredible. Let your imagination run amok. So I watched a YouTube video by Racevic about the orange box, and he said that um, a couple of college kids created like the portal technology programming whatever, and... Um, all-knowing Gabe man, like hired them and gave them a budget to make a video game. I think I've heard about that. I hadn't looked into it very much. I haven't looked into it either, but it was pretty cool that um, they just got hired straight out of school to make a, a what became, you know, a well-known and well-loved video game. Yeah, because they made a cool bit of programming. Yeah, so I've been playing Portal on and off since I think like 2010 or so, um, when I actually got into video games. I had it available on, I think I originally played it on a PC, and then I I got it on Xbox because I'm a child and I need the big thumbsticks. Um, So this is, I think, by like fourth complete playthrough, probably. Nice. Uh, Question mark. I've done like half of the challenge chambers, which is the thing that the standalone Portal Still Alive version comes with is um, uh, basically just advanced updated versions of each chamber you can do for time trials, least amount of steps taken, etc. You were talking last night about how it's basically a um, tech trial. The way, especially with the modern context now, playing it 
now, it feels like 90% of this game is just a tech demo. Like, it's a really cool tech demo, but it has really simple graphics, very simple mechanics. There's very, very, very little thrown in there in terms of additional story elements other than GLaDOS, the robot AI narrator, is weird um, and says vague things. And if you look for them, there's a couple of secret spots that you can find, which are the, the Ratman dens, which are pretty known, notorious in the Portal fan base. But if you can miss most of them pretty easily... And they show up a lot later in the game. So, like, <sighs> on my most recent playthrough, where I was playing for completion, I wanted to get all of the the the, the Ratman dens. I wanted to do it in the least amount of time possible. So I was zooming through, and like, it's just portal chamber, portal chamber, portal chamber, portal chamber. And then the last like two is like, oh yeah, psych. By the way, you can get outside of the portal chambers, and there's an actual story going on. And I love that end section, but it does definitely feel like. They didn't potentially they didn't want to get they didn't want to give away the gambit too early, or they didn't have a lot to to do with the story until um like after the game was already in development and they realized they had too many like tech limitations for them to do a whole game like that yet. Cause like the last 45 minute section, like the last quote unquote test chamber, it just uses all the skills you've been learning. It just does it in a way that's not a clear, clean environment. You use the same physics, the the uh, gravity, you know, bullshit, all the, the weird shit you've been learning how to do. You do it trying to escape the facility, but it just, I don't know. It, it felt like <laughs> it almost comes out of nowhere unless you're looking for it. So I don't know whether that was intentional or not. It I just don't know. comes I, across. I, I see it as like, it caught gamers by surprise because they jump in to a cool puzzle video game and they're solving puzzles, but then the game ends with asking you, like, what are you doing? Like, what is this game about? It, you, you're in video game brain where you're just doing puzzles, but there's something going on in the background. You have to, like, listen to what GLaDOS is saying. She's not just saying... she's. She's shit talking you the whole time. Yes. And it's funny. She's hysterical. But it 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 challenges you to get out of video game brain and like see the bigger picture. And it I don't know. It's a cool twist. It it definitely is a cool twist. It's just because I already knew about that before I even played it the first time. Like it seems like it works on the first playthrough, but every time following, because you know, everyone knows that Portal and Half-Life are in the same universe. Like, everyone knows this now. This is very common gamer parlance. You know there's a sequel game. Like, it, it it's hard to remove it from that context and, like, replace yourself in the idea of, like, a first playthrough before you knew anything. It's not necessarily a fault of the game. It just, it, it plays very differently on replay. Whereas now... I'm going through and I'm like, I'm digging, trying to find anything hidden. And frankly, there isn't much to find, which I think is mostly just a tech limitation for the time. I, I, I really don't think that they could have done much more. The song at the end during the credits is a banger. It really is. Uh, Still Alive is a great song. And it's sung in GLaDOS <laughs> voice, which is fucking awesome. I'm pretty sure I went on a tear last month and Steam lets you filter your games by what games you've bought that come with a soundtrack and portal comes with the soundtrack. Yeah. So, uh, 
I have that tucked away in my music file somewhere. <laughs> I'm excited to find track. it someday. Yeah. Um, so in terms of the actual secrets that are involved in the game, the Ratman Duns are neat. I do think the... In greater context, they feel a little underwhelming once you've played the sequel and you see how much more advanced everything gets. But just on their own, they're all fine. There's some repeated graffiti and, like, prison scribbles, basically. The which, cake is a lie. Yeah, obviously. There's some stuff which is a, a, a well-known thing, like yes. the cake being a lie. But it seems like the the physical, the the digital art that they used for the certain textures in some spots, like that scribble of the cake is like, it's the exact same one they use every time, which is most likely a budgetary time thing. It's just, it comes across a lot more quaint now that there's a greater context and gaming has evolved so much. That was kind of the word that I had in mind on this last playthrough is that it's quaint in a good way. Yeah. Like it's well loved. It, it is very cool. It does what it wants to do very well. Like, I don't really have many complaints about it, but it's not really no. short and sweet. Like, it doesn't overstay its welcome. By the time you're getting a little frustrated with the chambers, it's over. Yeah, there's a reason that it's always like sub five bucks on Steam. It's always on sale. Yeah, like the. Yeah, it's just there isn't a lot to nitpick about it that isn't just kind of nitpicking or like not engaging with the game on its own grounds, you know? Like, it was sold as a kind of a, a twist on, like, a small game. It probably didn't even... Because it came as a part of a bundle, for one. And then when you could buy it separately later, it never went above, like, 20 bucks. So it it, it never sells itself as being more than what it is. Yeah. It is just... I can't help but imagine how much more it could have been if it was... I wouldn't say a remake would be unjustified. I think that would be a little much. But, like, if it was updated a little bit or... I don't think they should do a remake. But if it was remade now, I could see there being a lot more to it and still getting a good twist in. But, Hmm. I don't know. There's The puzzles are good, but also, since there's only about 20 of them, I have them basically memorized at this point. I hadn't played Portal (laughs) in, like, three or four years between since this last playthrough. And I still remembered how to do all of them in like pretty speedy time. Pretty quick. There's yeah. a couple of them that are a little annoying. Um, the one thing I think, technologically speaking, that this game does have that bothers me is, despite the fact that it's a platformer, it has a very clunky hitbox um, and like the um, sensitivity in terms of both the Y and the X axis is very slow, and you can't speed it up that much. Um, Sounds like a console player problem. No, even on PC, it's just it's slow, and that's fine. It's just it feel you feel clunky, and that's it's not supposed to be a shooter game, so it's not like you need to be nimble and agile. But it definitely feels like you're a big your your hitbox is a big rectangle standing on one side, and like you, I I constantly clip into things on the floor. I'm trying to jump over. Like there's no animation smoothing anywhere. Of the same. Uh, point, I guess, but different. Um, there's a couple of jumping problems, I guess, where you come out of the portal way up high and you have to shoot a portal on the floor so that you get momentum and go back through the portal way up high again. It does. You, you keep it, it, it's it. tough to get that portal shot into the floor 
and smoothly, not without hitting, go splat on yeah. the floor. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of it. Feel there's just there's nothing smooth about it. That's the thing is, whereas like in they fixed it in Portal too, though you can feel it's a lot smoother. The portal on the floor kind of suck you into it instead of just being a yeah. flat surface. Yeah, I think that's the thing is the the in the original game the portals themselves are they're a gameplay element and they require you to use you know physics and all sorts of crazy stuff like that's part of the deal is you get have weird gravity challenges but the portals don't feel like they exist they they definitely feel like a 2d you know thing you threw on the wall and it feels like it's just a texture on the wall it 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 it's kind of hard to describe but like especially nowadays it's it feels like I don't know. It doesn't feel tangible in that sense. It feels like, wow, you just made a gateway. So, like, it's doing its job. It's a portal from one spot to another. But, like, that's it. There isn't a lot of embellishment to it, which is functional. I do like the effect where you shoot the wall, and it's kind of like a drop hits and expands and twists. Yeah. It, like, makes a backwards black hole in the wall. It's yeah. It looks funky. There's a lot of cool I really animations. like the look. Yeah. Um, the music just across the board is phenomenal. Uh, not just the end song, but the music and the sound design are fairly minimal, but they're, they're, they're minimal, but they're consistent and they help establish a good mood. Like there is particularly in the second half of the game, there is a lot of atmosphere. Um, it's in the first few puzzle chambers. It definitely it is like one hundred percent tech demo feel. It's like wow, I'm doing the thing. But after it hits a certain point, the the music cranks up. Uh, Glados's voiceover takes a few more turns for the weird, and um, the the different types of noises for the different uh, laser projection devices, the little light ball shooty things, the the companion cube, all that sort of fun stuff. It it really. It's, I actually play it with headphones on. I don't. I tend to not put on music when I play Portal. I actually like listening to it. It really sucks that my voice is shot right now because I love sounding like the turrets in this game. I can throw my voice pretty freaking close to sounding like them. <laughs> the turrets are very funny. They're obnoxious as fuck. Yes. Because it's not a shooting game. But so another thing I saw online this month doing research, I guess, is that they changed the type of the way that you shot the portals in between one and two. Like the first time, it's like a projectile that has to travel through space. Yeah. And then in Portal 2, it's, it's, a, it's hit, hit scan. scan. It's hit scan with a, a projected animation. I can't really define hit scan, but I knew I can. your brain would be <laughs> able to. So, you know, you know this game I like, Halo. I've never heard of it. I know. So there are some weapons in each Halo game has a different set of which ones are which, but uh, in some Halo games, some ga some guns are projectiles. So like the game, Needler. It should yes. Okay. It shoots an actual in-game projectile that has to hit something. It yes. may or may not be like slightly magnetized to a target. Versus hit scan is you pull the the trigger or hit the button or whatever, and then if the reticle is over the the target you hit it and it will it basically puts like a 2D animation over your screen so you think you like shot a projectile but there is no projectile so there's no so bullet like drop the sniper is a hit scan because uh, it's an immediate depends hit. on which depends on which game it flips back and forth and i don't remember all Work of them with me here. i'm trying it just depends 
Um, the games that get criticized a lot for their weapon sandboxes, like five is almost all hit scan weapons. Um, it's very, there's no, uh, drop. There's no wind to worry about. There's no barely any leading. It's just, you shoot and go bang. And then it like tricks you into thinking that you saw a projectile come out of the weapon because it'll, you know, put a, a certain type of flash over your screen. Like, uh, like in ODST, for instance, there's no rain. The the it doesn't the engine can't do rain, right. but you think it's raining quite frequently because of it's the way it projects it, a two D screen over your, yeah. your HUD overlay. It's like that. So yeah, in between the two portal games, the first one, it you actually kind of have sometimes if it's really far, you kind of have to lead your shots with a little bit of of care about where the drop is. Two, it is a hit scan, but it doesn't feel like it, which is the thing I really. I, I didn't feel like it was hit scan. I knew it was con- it was connecting more consistently, and I, I know it's hit scan, but like it doesn't. I don't know what they changed in the animations, but it doesn't come across like it's hit. I don't I don't know how Weird. else to describe it. I don't have gamer words anymore. I know you were bitching about um, Black Ops Four still being hit scan, right? Uh, most Call of Duty games are pretty much all hit scan. Yeah. To be fair, but when they it. it Hitscan is is useful. They're both both types of technology are fine. It just depends on the type of game you're making and like what the weapons need to do. Uh, you need to have a mixture of both of them. Like most Covenant weapons in Halo are projectile because they want you to be able to dodge them in campaign pretty easily. Versus a lot of the UNSC stuff, despite the fact that you are physically shooting a metal bullet, most of them are hitscan. Interesting. It's just it's it, it's a lot of weapon balancing nonsense i barely understand um well anyway this portal, is about portal, portal. One, yeah portal one slaps it just is so my this playthrough took three hours i would say i did it in one sitting of 20 minutes and then one sitting of two hours and 40 um, <laughs> once you get momentum going in the game i think is when it it works well particularly with portal one it. Once you've done a few chambers at once, your brain is just really in portal mode. Right. So you're thinking about how the physics engine works and like how your you know your speed and acceleration goes. Just kind of popping in and out for like a chamber or two, it honestly feels worse. It feels really underwhelming and like hard on your brain, but not because the puzzle's hard, but because you're stupid. Right. You just gotta get into portal brain. Right. But if you with this game, if you just play it in one shot, it it actually the game you're despite the puzzles getting harder and longer and a lot more thorough, your time kind of just snowballs and you get a lot faster at doing it because you're, yeah. you, you can start just like quick sniping fucking portal shots everywhere because you know what you're doing versus the first one. You're like, uh, maybe if I go here and maybe here. And then once you're doing like chamber 18, you're like, beep, 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 and then you're just falling through 50 portals and accelerating and you. Pew! Yes. <laughs> um, I bought this, the on the Xbox Live store for ten dollars in like twenty fourteen. Great value. I'm still playing it. <laughs> um I still haven't technically finished it because I haven't beat all the advanced portal chambers because they're a bitch. Oh, they're awful. And a lot of the this is actually a real complaint I have. A lot of the achievements are very glitchy. Um there's some of them which are just they're kind of functionally difficult. Like there is one achievement out of the blue. So you have to only enter the orange portal and exit the blue portal whenever you, once you have control of both sides of the portal gun. And that sounds a lot easier than it is. But once you hit the later chambers where time is extremely relevant, the fact that you will have to reshoot your, your chains of portals so many times will piss you off. Like it gets really hard because you're just the, the, the game is designed for you to go in and out both sides of a portal. It's like, Oh, you can just backtrack. 
but not if you want to get that achievement. It's a pain in the ass. And I still yeah. haven't gotten that one, even though I half the time I never remember when I fucked up. I just know I did. Yeah. And then the Ratman dens, there's only five of them. They're very glitchy. Um, like getting there and then having the game in in-game tell you that you found one on the in-game achievement list is very finicky. I found all five on my last playthrough and it only counted three of them. Not just because I like looked at it, I went in it, I sat there for a minute, I looked around, I zoomed in, like the whole night you're, you know, you're telling me I'm here, check it off the list. And it just doesn't sometimes. Um, it is a technically a port, so I I guess it gets a little bit of leeway. There is something about this time in gaming which is extremely quaint. I think part of why the game feels so nostalgic for me, even though I played it a few years after release, is just because like the 3D puzzle shooter gaming landscape was really different back then. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. It's just the way that games were made and published was very different than the way it is now. And we've been waiting for a proper third game for so freaking long. But, like, it's just probably not going to happen. Because I don't, I don't, I honestly don't think it would be received the same anymore. Like, it would be a nostalgia hit. And even if the game's phenomenal, there, there's enough of the, the mainstream demographic that would just go, I don't really care. Versus when this came out, this was a smash hit once it got ported over to Xbox and PlayStation. Like, it was everywhere. And the sequel also blew the fuck up. Like, everybody was playing this, despite people who don't like puzzle games, you know? I just don't think it could do that now. I missed three out of 26 radios. That makes me very upset. I'm so sad. Yeah, you have a bigger achievement list because you're playing on PC. No, the Rat King challenge you're talking about is not there. I just checked. It's a very, very... Sh- There's 15 achievements there. You, just, you got a different list, buddy. Yep. It's not the same. How much did you buy this for? I don't remember. It was so long ago. It had to have been like five bucks or less. To be fair, considering the game is less than a gigabyte <coughs> in size, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. It's a tiny little baby game with a lot of value, despite the fact that a, a, sh- a straight playthrough is only a few hours. Yes. I feel like everyone's tried to do speedruns of Portal. Like, even if you're not a speedrun type person. Like, you haven't been like, that was short. I could I could do that again. Maybe not, like, an actual speedrun, but you definitely challenge yourself to solve it as fast as you can just so that you can feel smart. I, I do like feeling smart because I'm not actually smart. <laughs> uh, moving on, unless you have any final thoughts. I have nothing. All Except right. that I am the piss man. Technical difficulties. Moving on uh, to the television show that we watched uh, this past month. Uh, mostly. Mostly. <laughs> um, I have like two episodes left, but I'm slow and dumb. Uh, I was oscillating back and forth between watching this and playing Portal 2 violently yesterday. Um, Understandable. Yeah. That was like my last week. <coughs> Uh, so we watched Arcane, uh, which is a League of Legends spin-off prequel thing, uh, which was produced by the French animation studio Fortiche under the supervision of Riot Games and distributed by Netflix. Uh, I'd is, say it's more of like a prequel like based on the characters. It's It, it really feels like they just took the action figures and made a story. <laughs> which is weird. Um, so neither one of us are familiar with the League of Legends series very much. Uh, Beyond knowing say, that their fan base is insufferable and mostly pedophiles. Yes. I would say I'm more familiar with it because yeah. I actually like the mobile game. Weird. I got to look into that. It, it runs really well. Weird. And <laughs> quick aside, I like the mobile game because it simplifies the base game very much. You go, jump into the base game and there's 
so many things, so many like items that you can buy during a match. And it's like, I don't know what any of this stuff is. You load a build on the app. And as you're playing and making money and then die, it gives you parts that you can buy that are part of your build. Like, it just simplifies it so much so that it's enjoyable. You don't have to know all the ins and outs of every character and every item. Interesting. That is why I like the app. Fair. I will look into it. Uh, so the first season uh, follow it's a, a season of nine episodes of like 30 to 40 minutes apiece, uh, and it follows uh, the sisters uh, Vi and uh, Powder from childhood into early adulthood, question mark, sort of. Time is vague in this show. Um, and the shenanigans they get up to between st- lots of city politics, honestly. Um, so I have, like I said, no familiarity with how the world in this fucking series works. Um, I was really impressed with this, honestly. I knew but I knew that this was very popular this past year um, before we agreed to watch it. Um, and I knew I was going to get to it eventually. But despite the fact that half of the world building goes entirely over my head because there's so <coughs> many names, places, and dates I have no like framework for, um, we're just working purely off of vibes and the characters, this is really good. <laughs> um, the... The fact that I understand the events of the series, even though half the time I'm forgetting people's names and, like, I barely understand how this city functions, the clear ideological differences between a lot of the parties involved, whether it be interpersonally or politically, makes it it makes a very clear picture to how all the, the plot threads are coming together because there's, like, three or four primary plot lines. Um, it won four Emmys. I can imagine. this. It was very popular this year. Um and I, I think that's more, <coughs> I think that's one of the things that's strongest in its favor, similar to Cyberpunk Edge Runners, whereas it uses the setting and, like, if you actually understand it, I'm sure most of this makes more sense, but, like, it's entirely, it, it's, it's newbie-friendly. Yeah, you don't have to know the game at all. No, you can pick up on the terminology, but, like, a lot of it just kind of is evident through the the way it's presented. It doesn't feel the need to dumb down its universe too much or, like, start from scratch really it doesn't feel like it's changing much it's just a medium change with a different story but like it it doesn't this based on what i've seen from league of legends this looks like what it would be if league of legends i don't know had a fucking story right um the animation is gorgeous it's so hot holy cow it's like partially 3d rendered shell shell cell shaded mixed in with some 2d work and like a lot of I'm assuming digital matte paintings for a lot of the background work. It looks so fucking good. Yeah, I have no idea how they did it, but it looks amazing. Um, it, I'm pretty sure I read that episode four itself won awards for like its animation. I can imagine that was that was definitely the highlight. The, um, it wasn't Reformation Day. It was something else. It was um, uh, Happy Progress Day. Yes. Um, yeah, the kind of felt like Bioshock Infinite a little, little bit. A little bit. It's got that vibe. I mean, it, it's steampunk, so it's Happy got that. Happy steampunk day. Yes. Um, yeah, no, the the uh, animation tied in with the editing, I think, is what really makes it click. Because they have full-length TV episodes, but they're, they breeze through so quickly, despite having a lot of scenes that are very dialogue and like exposition heavy. Because when the action hits, it just goes fucking ballistic. Like, right out of the gate, even when they're children, just punching people. It just it go, 
it goes like balls deep on the action. It's not afraid to have blood and guts, and it's great. Explosions especially look good. I love how they use color through so much of this. It's not like it's not cyberpunk with like neon lights everywhere, but no, it, but it's, it's not kind of close to that. It's a, like a nice merger between cyberpunk and and steampunk because. Steampunk is usually really desaturated and browns and bronzes, yeah. and there's plenty of that, but it's right. not afraid when it does have colors for it's them to be very deeply colors. saturated. Yeah. yeah. The the reds and the blues and the greens <coughs> and purples are very loud and obnoxious. And also there's like a lot of metal everywhere. It's a really cool Good there's, blend. It has the tone of um Oh, there's another type of of punk, like art and architecture i can't remember what it's called but it's basically what if what if cyberpunk but good like it's it's fucking it's like it's just like it's not cottage core but it's like it's just like a lot of it's like there are blimps and shit but also like it's all farmland and everything's green and pretty it's got like that tone mm-hmm. but it's visually steampunk it doesn't it's not afraid to be gross and like grungy but a lot of it isn't and I think part of that that which is a really cool contrast is like so the the upper city parts where all the rich pricks live, that has more shadows than a lot of the stuff down lower does, which is kind of weird. Like where you'd expect it to be all bright and shining, city on a hill type shit. Like they have vibrant colors, but it's a lot. There's a lot of shadows and there's a lot of metal work versus a lot of the 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 lower characters who live in the the lower shitty part of the city. It's dirty visibly. There's like mud and gunk everywhere, but the colors are so much more vibrant and there's a lot less metal going on. It's a lot more wiry, which I, I think is a really nice contrast between the different aesthetics. Um, the voice cast across the board is phenomenal. Oh yeah. Haley Steinfeld. I, for, I didn't realize this was her until you told me. And then I was like, Oh shit. And then I forgot because <laughs> I don't think she's done voice work before, but she is very good in this as well as everybody else. Yeah. Everybody else is just uh, everybody in general. It's yeah, it doesn't good. feel like they were in a studio being fed lines and a microphone while they're diddle- diddling on their phone. They actually feel like they're voice acting, you it, know? It's pretty cool because Jinx so easily could have been compared to Harley Quinn. But Yes, but she's not. She's not. Like I mean, I joked about her uh, going Joker mode, but like yeah, it's a joke. Yeah. It's just haha, girl go crazy. She's, she's Joker but her girls. Her own thing yes. in voice and appearance. It's so a, yes. It it's very good. Very, very good. I I much agree. The action is great. The 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 soundtrack in general is really good. I I have not liked Imagine Dragons in so long I was because say, that's kind of where you lose me, but they're super they've been Imagine Dragons has basically always been shit once I turned 14 but the intro song's pretty good i gotta give it that and a lot of the regular just musicals musical cues are very good um the sound design is really solid as well i noticed that it's very crunchy and pops (laughs) you talked about this a while ago um but you couldn't come up with a name for it they definitely have the action interact with the music and moves on beat yeah and i Love that. It's mega, I, mega nut. I cannot get enough of that. That's good. That, yeah, there's a term for that. I still don't remember what the fuck it's called. Any music music nerd can tell you, but it, it really helps. Especially because there's so many chase sequences in this show. There's so much running. I was saying even the fight scenes, they, they punch on beat. I think that might or have to shoot do with on them. beat. 
yeah, there's a there's definitely a, a lot of communication between the people doing the sound, doing the sound mixing, and like the editors, which bombs is really explode cool. on beat. Oh, that's so hot. Yes, this is great. I'm I'm glad it got renewed. I I'm very surprised at how much we liked it, especially for like being pretty skeptical about it. Like ah, I don't know anything about LOL. Like eh, I don't know. We'll see how it goes, but it it's pretty impressive how how much we enjoyed our time with this. As, as I think we continuously come up with, uh, the best logic for adapting a video game is make it animated in some form. Live action just doesn't work. <laughs> it's a video game for a reason. It's fantastical. Use animation. I'm wondering if we should not do season twos and beyond of shows that we talk about. Interesting. I think that might be where we... Go aground and get bored. Probably. Unless it, like, is very different, which I don't really see happening. Hmm. I mean, there's only a few There's only a few shows, and the, most of them were not renewed. Resident Evil got canceled, so, you know. Halo, think, Halo's getting... You just really don't want to do Halo Season 2. Just tonight. <laughs> I've, they're doing a Season 2? Yes, it's been... Oh shoot, I think they gosh. wrapped shooting. Um, You're all right. I don't want to cover that. <laughs> <laughs> I would not mind watching a second season of this or covering it. But yeah, no. you're probably right. There, we, there's still a pretty big backlog of movies. Yeah, and there's so much other stuff that we can cover. Considering 2023 and 2024 are gonna have 50 fucking Sony-based movies and TV shows coming out, like we'll have plenty enough to cover. Um, so yeah, that probably. also keeps us from doing all eight Resident Evils and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. yeah, probably. I still want to do the Silent Hills. No, that's just, they're not even, they're not even, no, there's, I know. Nothing, there's nothing to talk about. It's just dog shit. Yeah. Yeah. And? And? Um, so, jumping feet first, like a pencil, into the water. Ooh, yes, news. 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 It's a little bit late on the news, uh, despite there have been, been a, a gaming, gaming award convention thing, Mababara Jiggy Jiggy. Stuff and things. Don't don't give me that look. You English good. I do English good. From Deadline.com. Well, if it's a light month, maybe you should read the news and I just react. <laughs> <laughs> Hot on the heels of announcing Death Stranding 2 at Game Awards. Gaming, gaming auteur. You gotta say it funny. Auteur. Hideo Kojima's Kojima Productions has partnered with Barbarian EP Alex Lebovici's Hammerstone Studios to develop and produce a film adaptation of the former's hit video game, Death Stranding, sponsored by Monster Energy. <laughs> the film, being fully financed by Hammerstone, will be produced by Kojima and Lebovici via their respective banners with Kojima Productions US and Alan Ungar serving as executive producers. The plot for the project, marking Kojima Productions' first ever feature adaptation, is a big shrug from Hideo Kojima as he smirks at you. <laughs> Just kidding. Is being kept under wraps. I was close enough. But we hear that it will introduce new elements and characters within the Death Stranding universe. It's not yet clear who will write and direct the pick, though we understand it's now on the fast track with development underway. So... 
I ha- I'm very of two minds on this. One, literally Hideo just shrugging and being like, I don't know. Hideo Kojima is like gaming's biggest troll slash genius. Like, he can't even play video games because he gets motion sickness. But he's a fucking lunatic. It's insane. Like he makes lunatic the- in a good way. Yes, he makes the best shit. But he can't even play it. He's a fucking clown of a man in the best ways. He's like, he'll just randomly tweet, like, I watch Sonic 2. <laughs> like, he's so funny. Um, and I think it's cool that he's getting so heavily involved, which is great. Yes. Stop just making another fucking thing right after the game comes out. Stop it, stop it, stop it. The sequel isn't even out yet. This will be out before the sequel's out, which he's also writing. Like, we've been reaching this for the past few months of announcements like this is my breaking point like stop making an adaptation of a singular game that came out like last year fucking stop play the damn video games you fucking losers (laughs) we've broken spencer um apparently the game has a cool story that takes forever to get to yes and i have seen what the gameplay is like and have no interest in playing it. I have an interest in the story, just like any other Hideo Kojima game. But watch the uh, YouTube quick yeah, summary. Basically, yeah. that's what I'm gonna do. I think I'm gonna play it sometime <laughs> this year. Uh, maybe. Uh, from Polygon.com, Henry Cavill is moving on after the actor's recently touted return as Superman was ruled out this week by G- DC Studios boss James Gunn. Speculated speculation that Cavill might respond by unretiring from the role of Geralt of Rivia in Netflix's The Witcher has been squashed, for a whole host of behind-the-scenes reasons we will not get into. Uh, it's not happening. But the world's favorite nerdy beefcake. I feel very called out by this article. I didn't even realize. I didn't even read it. I just copied it, and then I. It's being horny. Um, does <laughs> does have a new project lined up? A Warhammer 40k adaptation with Amazon. After an initial report from The Hollywood Reporter that Amazon was in the final stages of securing the rights, Games Workshop announced it had reached an agreement with the tech and entertainment giant to create Warhammer, a 40k cinematic universe. Cavill, a noted Warhammer fan, that's an understatement, is set to star and serve as executive producer. No showrunner or writer is attached yet to the adaptation of the dark fantasy sci-fi setting of Games Workshop's tabletop war games. The Hollywood Reporter piece mentioned a series, but Games Workshop said the, t- the deal encompasses film, TV, and more. I have loved Warhammer since I was a boy, making this moment truly special for me. The opportunity to shepherd this cinematic universe from its inception is quite the honor and the responsibility, Cavill said in a statement. It seems the actor will have some say in the direction of the whole franchise, with Games Workshop saying he is bringing his lore expertise to the mantle of executive producer and his sword arm to the starring role. You see, the statement I just had on the last article, this is the exact opposite thing. because this, Henry Cavill's involved. That for one. <laughs> but also, Warhammer is also already a multimedia franchise. It's always been... Every game is a different genre. There yep. are tabletop games, books. There's all sorts of crazy shit. Right. Um, this is cool. I, I'm happy for him more than anything else because I'm sure... It, <laughs> his experiences for the past couple of years have been pretty rough with all the stuff going on at DC and then the behind the scenes of the Witcher and he's definitely not returning for many, many reasons. And it's like, and finally someone is like, Hey, you're a nerd. Maybe we should listen to your lore knowledge and you can be our lore master for the TV show. That's cool. And also big man, go burr. I'm a little skeptical because they're already calling it a cinematic universe. Like get one movie out and see how it goes first. Yeah. But there's so 
so, so much, so much depth and lore in the lore uh, to Warhammer yes. that they can do anything they, they want for forever. Yeah. So uh, there's been a lot of speculation from a lot of corners of the internet as to what stuff it's adapting, but nothing's been confirmed yet. Um, although some of the ideas people have touted have been very interesting to me from yes. my very limited 4K knowledge. 40K. 40K. Shut up. Big burly man go burr. From GameInformer.com, Amazon Games will publish the next Crystal Dynamics Tomb Raider game, which was announced earlier this year. In April, Crystal Dynamics revealed that it was developing the next Tomb Raider game in its series that began with a reboot back in 2013. They did so during the State of Unreal 2022 presentation, revealing that this Tomb Raider sequel, the fourth in this rebooted series, will be re- will be built in Unreal Engine 5. Hot. Now Crystal Dynamics has announced that Amazon Games will publish this sequel. It sounds cool. I How like exciting. this series a lot. I do like this series. The third one... It was a little bit of a drop-off. A bit, because... It was a little repetitive. It was like, we put up walls now that you can hide against because it's jungle. It's right. like, okay, and what else? That was about No, it. that's pretty much it. Yeah, and the story was less interesting than the last two as well. But, I mean, more Tomb Raider is exciting. I, yeah. I really like this series. I'm hoping that they do go a little bit more puzzle-heavy because that's the thing that all the, the three games across the board were kind of missing. They had the cool The first puzzles. game especially had, like, seven tombs, I think. It was so small. Yeah, it's a lot of cuts. It's a lot of cutscenes, some quick time events, and a lot of shooting, which everyone liked. It just it definitely needs some more puzzles, um, which now that it's been a few years between the these entries and they're switching publishers, not studios. But like, and engines. And engines. It feels like now would be a good time to, like, tweak it a little bit, you know? Maybe a little bit less cannibals and a little bit more underwater levels. Just saying. Maybe. Or both. Underwater cannibals are fine. That's fine. <laughs> it it kind of... I don't know. I think what bugs me is that it pushes the boundaries of being like an open world, sort of. Like, kind the, of. the hubs really bother, bother me, and I don't know why. Hmm. I like the linear stories of a typical Tomb Raider game. It just it does occupy a weird spot because the hubs are very big and I like the hubs, but the levels themselves are very linear. So like, it's weird. Yes, it's just kind of weird. It doesn't. It's not necessarily bad. It's just kind of odd the balance it strikes. From Kotaku.com, developers at the Boston-based gaming studio Proletariat. This tells you where this is going. Nailed it. <laughs> Fucking nailed it. Announced plans to unionize on Tuesday. That's like two weeks ago. If successful, roughly 60 employees there who worked on World of Warcraft's new Dragonflight expansion would join the growing ranks of organized labor across parent company Activision Blizzard and beyond. The group called the Proletariat Workers Alliance is unionizing with the Communications Workers of America, which we had discussed previously, and says it has a supermajority of support among qualifying staff at the studio. While it has filed for a union election with the National Labor Relations Board, it's also calling on Activision Blizzard to voluntarily recognize the union in a break with the Call of Duty publisher's attempts to stall and sabotage similar efforts at other studios. The Proletariat Workers Alliance would be unique among gaming unions for representing all non-management staff at the studio rather than just quality assurance staff, as is the case at Raven Software, Blizzard Albany, and and unionization efforts currently underway at Microsoft's Bethesda Studios. 
the proletariat developers list flexible PTO, optional remote work, no mandatory overtime, and policies fostering diversity, equality, and inclusion among the demands they plan to negotiate at the bargaining table if the union drive is successful. So the reason I know I, I grabbed this one, because we kind of dipped off of covering the union stuff for a while, is because it was just getting a little repetitive. But the thing with this one that is really cool is it's all of them. It's not just the QA workers, because the QA workers are all temps. Like They're the ones who get thrown under the bus the fastest. But it's nice that it's the whole studio except the management staff because, well, once they're unionized, there won't be management staff. They will all be management staff. Like, that's a big jump. Yes. And also, it's very funny that, of course, that the, the studio literally called proletariat is unionizing. The universe just coalesced right there for a second. I, I, I'm seeing a break in the matrix, you know? Your Marxism is showing. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> We've had a few Hellboy games over the years based on both the comics and the films, but none have managed to capture Mike Mignola's iconic style as perfectly as Hellboy colon Web of Weird, spelled W-Y-R-D. I'm going to call it Wired. We wire No, I don't know. Weird. Wired. Announced tonight, two weeks ago, at the Game Awards. This is by Kotaku, by the way. An action game. It drops. Wow, that's an edit. It is an action game. As an action game, it drops you into a 3D realization of Hellboy's comic book world and asks you to do the only thing you would ever want to do in a Hellboy game. Suck it shooting? <laughs> uh, beat the absolute shit out of some monsters with the right hand of doom. And also suck it shooting. Hellboy colon Web of Wired is coming to PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series, Sex and S, and the Switch. Hot. It looks hot. It does look quite hot. It looks hot. very hot. It looks like a love letter to Mike's artwork. And like, I don't even care if the gameplay is comes out as basic. It looks so good. Yes. Perfection. I don't want it to be a filter, though. Like, like a lot of boomer shooters will put a pixelated filter over yeah. their their engine. I don't want it to be a Hellboy filter over another engine. I don't want it to feel like that. I want it to feel like it has been hand drawn or whatever. We'll see when it comes out, which I'm I believe is sometime this year. I don't think it has a specific release date yet. From Kotaku.com, Kevin Conroy, whose voice became synonymous with Batman over 30 years' worth of cartoons, movies, and video games, sadly passed away last month at the age of 66. His final performance in the role is still to come, though, as he had already played the Caped Crusader one last time in the upcoming Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. The announcement, made at the Game Awards, uh, formed part of a short tribute to the actor, uh, played at the end of a trailer, who has voiced Bruce Wayne and Batman in everything from BTAS to the Arkham series of video games, which Suicide Squad developer Rocksteady Studios also created, which this game is still apparently a sequel to, which still is weird. Um, the So aside from the fact that there's a little tribute at the end, which is nice, um, this looks to be an in-game, a slightly edited um, like in-game cutscene. Which That's looks pretty. Thought. It looks pretty good. It, it looks a lot look better really than good. it was looking before. Yeah. The original uh, announcement, like pre-rendered trailer, looked good, but like uh, obviously it wasn't an in-engine thing. Uh, this definitely has been cleaned up and like edited, but it looks pretty solid. Um, it was nice to hear Kevin Conroy's <laughs> voice again. Honestly, um, this will probably be pretty rough. 
to be honest, playing through. That that'll oh. that's gonna leave a hollow feeling it, when it's done. It, you're saying your emotional state. Yes. Uh it looks good though. It does look good. It looks pretty close to the Suicide Squad as far as cast. Yeah. And they're popular. It I really appreciate how Harley has had enough of Batman's bullshit and theatrics, and she's calling him out through the whole trailer. That was wicked funny, but her voice seemed super extra grating this time, and I I don't know why. I think it is Tara Strong. Is it really? I think, don't quote me, but if it is, um, Tara Strong is getting a bit on the older side. Yeah, true. She hasn't been voicing Harley Quinn consistently for a while. It's got to be rough doing it, too. I'm glad we also have a final release date for this. It's been delayed numerous times. It was originally supposed to come out, I think, sometime early, like 2021 or whatever. It's good that we finally have a May release date. I don't think they're going to push it again. I think it's finally, they've kind of, they're they're done letting it bake. Um, so it looks like the last time she was Harley was uh, Batman versus TMNT. Which I liked a lot. That was good. That came was, out in 2019. Yeah, so it's been a little bit. Um, which I mean, years. to be fair, she was probably recording these lines in 2019. <coughs> but I can imagine it's gotten a bit tiring at this point. There are numerous, like with sadly, like with Kevin Conroy, there are a few voice actors who have been doing the role in other stuff, and For a long they're time. very close and they're very good. So it's it's good that there are replacements lined up. Not to be all weird about it, but like there are definitely people who can take over the roles and. Do it consistently. It's not just like a one and done deal. Yes. From Kotaku.com. It's my turn, jerk. Oh. (laughs) From Kotaku.com. Dot com. Respawn Entertainment's next Star Wars game is almost here. A new trailer showed off Star Wars Jedi colon Survivors upgraded gameplay and finally made the March 17th of this year. Today is the first, by oh, the way. Oh, fuck me. It's actually 2023 now. 2023. <laughs> Release date. Previously leaked on Steam official. Cal Kestis has appeared now. It's been five years between the two games. Action Platformer was first revealed back in May. It takes place five years after the events of Fallen Order. Did I call it or did I call you it? You know all this <laughs> A previous teaser trailer showed former Jedi turned fugitive of the Empire, Cal Kestis, observing a mysterious figure inside of a healing tank, as well as a few other cryptic scenes. The new one dives into the sequel's platforming, combat, and new characters. Cal's no longer just a Padawan, and the gameplay leans into that. I fucking came so hard. I am pre-ordering this. Eat my ass. Dude, I'm so excited for this. That game was like, was it 2019? 2017? Was that 2017? I was thinking 19 or 20. It was probably 19. 2019. Fucking, that was like the game of the year for me. That was incredible. Like, one of the best things to come out of the of the the post Disney Star Wars era by a long shot. True. It's so fucking good. I've 100 percented it twice, just <laughs> for fun. It's phenomenal. I'm really excited to see where the story's going, especially with where Lucasfilm doesn't have much of a... Even beforehand, they had a plan, but they had to come up with shit. Now they don't have a plan, really, but they don't have to do a lot, so I'm wondering what they're going to do 
Obviously, I'm interested in how it's going to link up with everything else. If anything does happen, I am predicting an Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi cameo. I swear to God, the time period lines up. The gameplay is so good. That was one of the most fun experiences I've had playing like a Souls Light in ages. I swear, call me a bitch, baby. I'm tired of the I'm tired of the actual FromSoft games. They're pissing me off. I played them too much. And they're just, uh, they make me tired. They make me really frustrated and tired, even though they're good. They're good games. This was fun and more flashy, but it had the same basis of gameplay, and it didn't overplay it. I, For a minute into the trailer, I thought they were leaning away from the difficulty, I guess. Or I, the I don't think so. It seems like he's got a lot of powerful force moves now dude by the end of game of the game you're you're fucking it, you're pretty like, goaded with the sauce yeah so and now he's I, got a little bit of a hot sauce dripping on top of it I, right Oof. i i like the look of that but then um <laughs> there's an ornstein and small uh boss battle that he's got coming up <laughs> and i was like oh there's the difficulty yeah. right there so um, that's part of why the first game had so much appeal is because it oscillates between difficult-ish gameplay and then like pretty hard boss battles, but also really story like really story game. heavy yeah. like cutscenes. Like it's not afraid. To, it's a game. It'll, it's a game, but it's also not it, there to kick your ass. But no. you gotta pay attention. But it also won't be. It's not afraid to be like, here's a five minute cutscene. Sit down and pay attention. Yeah. Like I like that it does both without overplaying either element. And I'm hoping this one strikes another good balance. Much excited. Have you gone down the rabbit hole of who's in the back to tank? Yeah, I've gone down the rabbit hole. I'm not gonna discourse about that. That's not. That, that's not necessary. Mm -hmm. There's so many options, and there's so little information. It might be a wholly original character, and that seems to kind of be what it is. Or if it is, it's a recanonization of an old legacy character or whatever. It's not Darth Vader. That's all you need to know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, I've gone down that rabbit hole. Uh, from TechRadar.com, the last bit of news. Diablo 4 is the next mainline entry into the long-running RPG series. See, it came after 3. It's the next one. Whoa. It's been a long time since the last installment. You're wrong. Immortal came out after three. More <laughs> Immortal is not a mainline entry. <coughs> it's been a long time since the last installment, meaning that fans around the world are hungry for any news available. During the Game Awards 2022, Diablo 4 revealed a new cinematic trailer. This was shortly followed by an announcement of a release date. The trailer is a grim affair showcasing Diablo 4's return to a more gritty and bloody tone. We also got Diablo 4 gameplay footage during the Xbox and Bethesda showcase. Watching this new character casting blood and bone spells, the Necromancer can also summon undead minions to assist in the fight. Diablo 4 will launch on June 6, 2023 on PS5, Xbox Series X and S, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Jacob, go off about how Blizzard sucks ass. I have hot takes, because I really want to be excited for this. I saw... A couple quick shots, and it looks really good. Uh, I mean, Blizzard it has always crushed it with making amazing-looking cinematics. Yes. Like, so good. But the last couple things that have come from Blizzard have just been such shameless, money-hungry cash grabs that... I, I'm so, so tentative about this game. I want it to be good. I want to get it and and enjoy it. But the things that they've done to Overwatch 2, 
to to take your money. Um, yeah, they fixed loot boxes, but instead replaced it with with a, a battle pass that costs money, like every couple months. Like I argue that that's worse. Uh, Diablo Immortal. I don't have to talk about. Um, it's just I really want to like it. I would love to be excited for it. It looks great, but what kind of shitty monetization are they going to put in it? I don't know. I basically agree with everything you just said. I have even like I have like no familiarity with Diablo other than the uh, cultural osmosis. It it looks cool. I played maybe a couple hours of like Diablo 2 years ago. Like I don't know. I it I, it's a very important place in culture, but it's also something I probably will never touch. It's like talking about other Blizzard games, honestly. It's like, wow, look at, look at wow. And it's like, that's neat. I'm never touching that. I'm sorry. I can't. I, I, I can't. I just, they're, they're, I have priorities in life. Like, washing my ass or something are more important than me spending 300 hours playing Diablo. Diablo 3 was my first Diablo-like um, that one got a pretty lukewarm reception. Yeah, it? and I I don't really know why I because it was, it was easy. It was my first, um, so I, I gotta go back at some point. Um, and there've been a couple since. There's the weird Van Helsing one, I think. Uh, but as I was telling Spencer, uh, Grim Dawn is still my favorite Diablo-like because. It has a short enough story, and there's expansions to the story, but you can play it for the story, and you can also lose your life to it because there's so much depth and other fun things that you can do. It's very, very good. And there's, like, it. it's easy enough to play it as is, but there's also complexity to it due to class combos. Uh, moving on to our last little fun bit, uh, we also played Portal 2. Mostly. Uh, mostly. Uh, it's a 2011 puzzle platform game uh, developed by Valve for Windows, Mac, Linux, PS3, and Xbox 360. The digital PC version was distributed by Steam, uh, and the retail editions were distributed by EA. Um, so you see, basically everything I said about Portal Flip that upside down. Uh, this is an actual game now. It's not just a tech demo. <laughs> That's my biggest takeaway from this. <coughs> I have played Portal 2 a lot less than Portal. Um, I played this once or twice in like 2015 probably with a friend. But like... It has a story right out the gate. And it's like, boom, it's a sequel. Let's go. And... It takes a while to get back into the actual chamber room settings to do the, the test portal stuff. Yes. It goes through the story bits. You meet a whole new character, and it just it, it really flexes off the technology of the engine it's in because it, it's like, look at all of our trees. It's so pretty. Um, and also the lighting engine, is, oh, it's immaculate. And then it eventually gets to, it's like an hour in before you actually get to going back to the regular portal gameplay. And then, because you're in a destroyed facility, I guess spoilers for the last game, the 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 the, the, the all the stuff is fucky. So it's dirty, and there's <laughs> garbage everywhere, and the rooms are malfunctioning, and, and they're broken. very di- very different, except for a handful of them at the end or the end of the first half of the game, mind you. Um, it's so much better. It's not even funny. Like 
I have some gripes with the gameplay, but it's a lot less. There's a lot less clipping, the portals shoot better, the speed is increased, and it looks a lot better. Like, just across the board. Like, Yeah, I don't know about the speed being increased. It feels like it. It feels like it might be scaled better size-wise. There are a couple of puzzles where you have to stand on the button and wait for thing to happen to, in order to solve it. So it definitely kills the pace every once in a while. Sometimes. So we both played through the single player on our own. Did you finish? No. Uh, what, how far did you get? The last puzzle of chapter eight. Okay. So I am about halfway through. I'm starting chapter six. Um, so total gameplay-wise, I'd say so far I'm about... The solution to the last puzzle of chapter eight is bullshit, by the way. I looked it up because I couldn't figure it out. And I'm very upset about it because it doesn't make sense logically. That's nice. Um, you drop the bouncy goo on top of the turrets, and that makes them bounce and fall into a hole. Interesting. They're not jumping up and down. Why does the bouncy goo make them bounce? Sometimes Portal says fuck physics. Uh, <coughs> so the single player takes roughly... I. I think the estimated time is about six to eight hours for a single playthrough. Um, I'm somewhere around the halfway point of that right now. Um, and I think the thing about this game that makes it fly by a lot better, despite the fact that it's not a lot longer, technically double the length of the first game, but for a single-player game, that's still not very long. I'm up uh, to five hours right now. Okay. I, I think I'm somewhere around For a single-player? Yeah. Um, it would probably be another hour for yeah. the last chapter. I think the thing that makes it feel a lot less repetitive, aside from visual differences, is the fact that there's a lot more, one, plot and like story elements, and a lot of shit shifts around. The structure of this game is fucky, because it goes from story, outside world stuff, follow, like just a shit ton of exposition, because you have a new, uh, he's not a sentinel, guys, we Protagonist. swear. Protagonist. Sorta. 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 Sort of new and sort of protagonist. Uh, <laughs> you have a new character giving you fuck tons of dialogue. And you kind of have to sit around waiting sometimes. And you know, there's, there's a few references where, like, the devs were aware that, the, that, that Wheatley is just a monitor from Halo. Because he even goes, stay here and watch this door while I go open it. And then you're like, oh, fuck. It's just doing the library. I swear to God, they knew it. They knew it. It was a thing, and I like it. They were self-aware about it, because he is just a monitor with handles. <laughs> with, with literal love handles. <laughs> I'm going to stick my dick in the eye. Um, you need help. <laughs> it's true, though. There's There are numerous Halo references. I'm not joking. But um, the, it, it feels better, because you have a lot of that. Then you get to doing... Your, you meet back up with GLaDOS. You do... Regular portal chambers, they're all busted up and stuff, but like you go back to doing puzzles for a while. It's really cool how they make GLaDOS better, deeper in character. Yes. Yeah, they there's a lot kinda, more backstory in this game. They kind of normalize her from just the killer psychopath from the first game. A little bit. That was very enjoyable. That's one There's of the also a funny bit where they stick her into a potato. <laughs> That's a classic fucking bit. It, it, so good. It, it, it is as funny as it sounds. <laughs> I love the fact that halfway through the game, it's like, oh, look, you can... Because um, 
Wheatley is temporarily uh, removed from the game, but if you watch around carefully, you can see he's just kind of bumping around between all the rooms. Like, he's just poking out of panels. He also has cameras floating around anywhere, which you learn later are, are his cameras. And then halfway through the game, it's like, ah, mega plot twist. It's the, the fucking twist in this game is, if you've heard of it, you know it's coming, but it's actually good because the way that they... The way that the game utilizes Wheatley beforehand doesn't smell to me like set up for the plot twist. Mm-hmm. It smells like this guy's fucking weird. Also, he's played by uh, Stephen Merchant, who's fucking hysterical. One of my favorite Brit bongers. Oh, it's so funny. And then in halfway through the game, it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, you're going to Gladys is like not horrible now, by the way. And then the second half of the game just goes completely off the fucking rails with way with so many different types of technology and crazy crazy fucking shit. I would say the chapter seven or eight really really ramps up in difficulty, and you yeah. agreed to that. I think it's because the the goo is very glitchy in general. The the blue and the orange goo is fun. I I love how Portal Two added so many new. Um, puzzle features. But they're still very intuitive you've got as well. You have the laser the w- refracting cubes. Yep, you've got the woo-woo-woo-woo tunnel <laughs> that carries you everywhere. That's fun and easy to pick up and use. Um, but then they start introducing goos where the blue bounces you, the orange makes you go faster, and the white goo makes regular surfaces that you can't put a portal on portal-able. Yes. Portal it's a paint can. Yes. Yeah. And it was the introduction of the white goo that I was like, this is where it's not okay anymore. Because <laughs> it's a lot. It's so difficult to get that white goo to go where you need it. Uh, and uh, like you said, it, it's very inconsistent in how it flies yeah. through the air. And you're New using, technology is You're glitchy. using portals to get the white goo to other surfaces. So To make portals on those other white surfaces, yes. it's a lot of... It, it, that's, that's where I stopped having fun. <laughs> that's fair. Um, so we also played this co-op, um, which I hadn't done. I said I played it with a friend. It was us passing the controller back and forth because we couldn't get the, the, the multiplayer to work. I don't know why. Oof. I don't know why. We were stupid in like 14. <laughs> um, but we played through 80% of this on co-op. I'd in say like more two than that. It was, we're, we were nearly done. We, were we in have the, one chapter left. Yeah, we are in the, uh, the final, and now it's no longer test room section. Right. Um, so we played it in two different sessions of four hours a piece or so. We were also decking. I was going to say two hours. I think it was more than that. All right, so we'll just call it six hours. Fine, six hours in total for most of it. So like probably eight to tap out the full co-op mode. Um, It starts off pretty simple. To be fair, it's a it's a lot of a reintroductory. Remember, this is how the portals work, and the fact that it's a separate story story in quotations than the actual single player is really cool. That's something games don't really do that frequently, where it's. If you want to play co-op or split screen with someone else, it just adds another person to the campaign versus you this campaign wouldn't work with two people. No. So they'd made a whole other <laughs> game mode yeah. of about as equal length of co-op based puzzles. It's basically two games in one. It's insane. And then you get the community made maps. Which is so fucking cool. It's crazy because 
these games have a huge community. Like I tried one. It, I told it to give me a random map, and it pulled up like one of the top voted ones or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't finish it. It was it was difficult. <laughs> like it was mind blowing, it's and it him. it looked great. It looked like it was made by the the game developers. Yeah, it was amazing. So. This game has so much high value, depth, and variety to it. And it's been on the $20 rack for like five or six years now. You can still buy a physical 360 copy for $20 at Walmart. It's like 10 years old. Yeah, it's it's almost 13 years old. Oh my gosh. That's so bad. Well, you know, 12. 12, I can count. It's, it's insane how much value it has. Uh, the only real complaints I had with the co-op mode, other than the fact that you're better at this than me, so I, <laughs> a, a large amount of it was you being like, go here, go I, here. And I'm I like, felt bad I'm about sitting here, that. I'm like, I'm trying to think. When I'm on my, I swear, if someone's looking at me, I can't think. I felt bad about that. I, I mean, I don't care. I was, you know, you're doing most of the work. I was the ball, so uh, I was just getting thrown around. Places, <laughs> which is fine. It's just like, you were think I could I've I, done the puzzles I can figure it out but you're just going so much faster than I can. I think. was in Portal Brain like yes uh -huh, I was I could see it <laughs> yeah so you're just like yep 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 and I'm like uh, what you're right go back to step one <laughs> uh, yeah like slow it down and speak to me like I'm stupid it was really cool too the the multiplayer had a pointer system that's really useful it's so useful yeah there's different there's emotes and the pointers the only real stuff in terms of the complaints I had with that is other than you being better than me. Um, the loading screens are extremely fucking repetitive. Really Between long. going into the game, going into each uh, chapter, and then each chamber, it's the exact same two animations. Whereas with the, the single player in both games, um, the... The going between chambers has a loading screen and it'll just freeze up for a second and next chamber. Like it has a loading screen. And you're this playing game, on Xbox Series X and yeah. the loading screens were long. Yeah, it just that's just what that game's like. It's not optimized for that. Versus in 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 um multiplayer, you get into the tube. It does the cute little disassemble, we're gonna put you back together somewhere else thing. Why isn't that the loading screen? That's mm -hmm. just an animation they play for shits and giggles, and then you go to the loading screen where you're just walking on a treadmill. It's like, pick one. When mm -hmm. it's both of them, it takes a long time. There's just a lot of... It doesn't feel like it's necessary load time. You could just freeze the screen, and I would have been happier. But when it keeps showing the same things over and over and over again, after playing... You know, we did like 20 chambers in a row each time. It's like, holy shit, could you stop now? It's a lot. Mm. Um but we didn't have any real tech issues other than that. It was smooth. Yeah, we were playing it on my my uh, Xbox Series X, playing a p the upgraded version of the port of the 360 one because this is how Xbox works. Um, no crashing, no freezing. Everything worked fine. It's just a digital copy. The only it, looks it was just good. it does look good. It holds up really well visually speaking. This cuts the cutscenes are really pretty, and the lighting engine still holds up really well. Both definitely worth the money. For sure, for sure. I bought this recently digitally for $20 because I didn't feel like going to Walmart. I was lazy. Uh, <laughs> so I bought it with no sale. It's 20 bucks digitally. That's still a really good bargain for that. We've already gotten at least 20 hours of gameplay out of my copy alone, and I'm right. not done yet. So um, I, I got to say, I admire the much larger achievement list. It's another thing. Portal Still Alive has 12 achievements that, that are like 600 G points. I fucking hate it. This game has like 50 achievements and it's a thousand G's, like it's supposed to be. What are these G points you talk of? Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> Roblox. Roblox, Roblox, whatever the fuck the, uh, the joke is dead. Uh, Fortnite money, whatever the fuck that is. 
the Fortnite bucks. V bucks. V bucks. Thank you. Yes, a lot of V bucks is what mm. you get. Um, it actually feels like a complete package. Is the thing with two is it feels mm. finished and complete, and they also released a free DLC pack, which I think is. It's like one extra chat. Like it's a little, it's a couple of extra chambers. And I think it's like, it's basically like challenge maps, but it's free. Nice. So I'll take it. That released, I think about a year after. So like 2012. Um, Good shit, bro. I've kind of been considering doing the rest of the orange box technically and like playing TF2. <sighs> I'm just so scared of jumping into that because. It's all online. And everyone who's been playing are, TF2 has been playing it for 20 years. Yeah, and they're 40 years old and they've been playing it for 20 years. It's all and, modded to shit. Yeah, Good exactly. Luck. That's why I haven't. Good fucking luck. Half-Life though. Half-Life I very strongly considered playing last season for this show because I haven't played Half-Life before. I'm. I should by now. I, it's pathetic, but I really. I, I need I, to get to it. I got the officially approved modded version of it. I forget what it's called. Back when Valve was cool. Yeah. Um, but I hit a point where there's a bullshit jump, and I looked up the YouTube video of like how to play that level, and the guy doing the walkthrough was like, "Yeah, this jump is bullshit," and I was like, "All right, if the official like." Half-Life player is saying this jump is bullshit. I uninstalled right there. <laughs> um, up and up. This was a good month. There yes. was very little pain involved for once. Right. Uh, the, I, mean, I swear every the other pain episode, was in normal life, so that's why we didn't finish most of these things. This but. is true. But like, <laughs> unlike previous episodes where it's like at least one of our games is bad or the yes. thing we're watching is bad, yes. usually the thing we're watching, this was almost low effort and actually fun. Sort of. Yes, mostly. Uh, so if you want to support this show, uh, it would be greatly appreciated. If you want to go to patreon.com forward slash time comic bros network. I had to change the URL. Oh. I know. Um, How exciting. Yes, if you would like to support the show financially, help pay for our discounted video games. Uh, let me buy Lego games on sale for $5. <laughs> uh, go to patreon.com forward slash dime comic bros network. We have two patrons right now that we owe a shout out to Caitlin and Jeff Lorenz. If you want to get your name shouted out, exclusive access to a bunch of clips and segments like dime comic bros and dime gaming bros happy hour, where we crack open a beer, a cup of coffee. We talk some mad shit that gets put exclusively on our Patreon as well as uh, early access to all of our episodes as soon as they're done. I'm going to be editing this tonight and I have oh. to get it up tomorrow morning. So it'll be a really, you know, quick turnaround time, but it's, it's, it gets squeezed into the Patreon real quick. I'm thinking maybe not a happy hour this episode because yeah. I have no voice. I will f- pull out some bullshit. I'm wow. a professional. Um, For the second day in a row, because Colin dipped on you yesterday. <laughs> yes. Also, a thank you to our partners over at Jetpack Comics and Games in downtown Rochester, New Hampshire. They're our local comic book shop, which is a little bit more applicable to our main podcast, but they still promote our stuff. We are on good terms with them. They are friends. So uh, if you need to buy any sort of, uh, they got a video game section. They have all sorts of card games, uh, D&D, tabletop games, comics, comic books, all sorts of crazy stuff. Go check out the shop. Uh, let them know that we sent you. If you would like to view the sources for all of the news from this episode, as well as everything moving forward, uh, it will be on our website at dimeatcomicbros.com. We have a whole blog section for all of our news articles. Uh, so you can, I don't know, proof check our stuff. Uh, I don't fucking know. Journalism, journalism, journal journal words. Blue check mark, uh, journalism. Go support our other podcast, our primary podcast that we do every week with uh, our other buddy, Colin, uh, Dime Comic Bros, where we talk about current ongoing comic book and superhero stuffage Books and movies and comics and uh, TV shows and all sorts of crazy shenanigans. 
Uh, so go check that out. It's also, also a lot of weeb shit. A lot of weeb shit. Uh, well, not okay. It's not really that much weeb shit. There's a little bit of weeb shit. Uh, Colin mostly. It's is. mostly Colin. I encourage him sometimes to be fair because I also, on rare occasions, I enjoy some weeb shit. It's better than you play. Don't play Bayonetta for this show because I will be upset with you. That's too much weeb shit. There will be no weeb games on this show. We will mention mm. weeb games, but we will not play them. Right. Uh, next month is a little up in the air. We'll get back to you when the episode comes <laughs> out exactly what we're doing because we have to coordinate. So blah, 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 blah. Go away. Get out of my house. Bye. We're doing uh, Mortal Kombat Scorpion's Revenge next month. Yes. Maybe God of War. Maybe Call of Duty Modern Warfare the original. Maybe. Maybe. It's all up in the air. We'll, we got to schedule out some shit and see what the fuck's going on. Got to get a... Fix our brains. Try to get our lives in order. That part is kind of helpful. Uh, but yeah, go check that out. Thanks for listening. Uh, it is go- helpful and unlikely. <laughs> yes. Uh, go check out our Twitter and Instagram, as well as the YouTube community tab for updates, teasers, etc., etc. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. 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 I think that guy is pissing on the tree. That's nice. Like, in full view of everybody. Probably. Um, Near children. That's cool. Welcome to your hometown. I know. <laughs> uh, this is about the same settings I had it on with Colin yesterday, except I the I was sitting there and Colin was over here, so... And Colin has a voice. That is also true. Pew pew. Pew pew. I'm retarded.